The Adonis Audio Experience. Hello, everyone. Today we have NBA All-Star and New York Nick great John Starks on the show. We get into his childhood, some of his humble beginnings, to his time coming up through the ranks and becoming an NBA player. We get into some of the foundations he's been able to establish and we talk some NFL football and who he thinks is the GOAT in the NFL. And of course, we get into the NBA bubble and some of our finals predictions. I hope you guys enjoy the show just as much as Jose and I had producing it. A special thanks to Gary and our friends at the Stanford Cigar Lounge. Welcome, everyone. We are joined by a very, very special guest, New York Nick legend, NBA All-Star, selected to the All-Defensive team, and it's yours truly, John Starks. John, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, good to be here, Adonis. How you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, man. Jose and I, we're just really excited. Um, you know, we've been talking a lot about basketball, and obviously I'm a big-time Nick fan, so we're just so happy to have you on. And just for the people in the audience, I guess we want to know and learn a little bit about you, man. Uh, you know, before you made uh, your way through the league and things like that, what was it like uh, in the early days uh, when you were coming up, like in Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yeah, it was a struggle. Uh, you know, just uh, trying to find my way as a young man. Uh, you know, I grew up a uh, single, single mother, you know, raising uh, uh, seven kids. And uh, so you can imagine what that was like. You know, it was a struggle, family struggle. Um but uh, mm-hmm. I enjoyed my uh, childhood. Uh, got involved in a lot of sports uh, because my older brother and my uncles, all of them, were very good athletes. And so I just kind of followed their lead uh, growing up and kind of played every sport from baseball, basketball, football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the easiest sports. It didn't cost a lot. Just find a, find a ball and, and, and go mm-hmm. at it. And so... But basketball, I uh, really took to that. I uh, became very good at that. So that that was kind of my passion early on. Man, that that's pretty awesome. Now, you know, in those days, man, I, I definitely hear you about the struggle. And what were some of the jobs that you had? I mean, tell us something about that. I remember one time uh, we heard where, where Kurt Warner would, would work at, a, you know, different stores and supermarkets. Uh, what was yeah, it like for you? Yeah, you know, I, you know, we had to work, you know, me and my grandmother and my mother, you know, uh, you know, instilled that inside of us, you know, that the only way we're going to get somewhere in, in life is that we had to work. And so I did a lot of, a lot of things, you know, from cutting yards to, you know, working uh, in construction to um, working in a grocery store. That probably was well known, documented. Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, before I got in the league, uh, did some roofing uh, at the time when I was in college. Uh, in between, once I graduated from college and 
right before I went to Golden State, you know, I was a roofer. So, you know, I did a little bit of everything uh, just to try to make it. Oh, wow. Jose, you got a question for the Nick legend? Yes, yes. So you mentioned, you briefly mentioned your college days. I just, before we get into your your uh, NBA career and everything, uh, I know you're a big football fan. So am I. Uh, and I, I travel every year to a college game. Mm-hmm. And I was actually going to go to your alma mater this year. We had a, we were planning on going to Oklahoma State, to Stillwater. And I just want to know, how was that experience at Oklahoma State? And how was it? I don't know if you ever went to a football game there. Like, how was how was the whole experience? Yeah, well, you know, Oklahoma is a, a football state. And so you have OU, you have Oklahoma, you have Tulsa, uh, you know, those three major colleges there. And uh, it's a football state. Uh but my experience at Oklahoma State was very good. You know, I only was was there one year, uh, but you know, uh, an incredible uh, student body as well as an incredible fan base uh, around the state of Oklahoma. So uh, I was there when Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas was in the same backfield. I was just about so, to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. So that was exciting. I can remember Barry Swisher say, "Don't don't hurt." Uh, don't hurt uh, Barry. <laughs> he didn't want to see rather see Thurman Thomas. And, you know, Thurman Thomas was a Hall of Famer himself as well as Barry. But uh, Barry was uh, electric, you know what I mean? Every time he touched the ball, you felt like he was going to go to the house with it. Uh, but they had a very uh, good football team there. They had a, a, a wide receiver named Hartley Dykes. Uh, he played briefly in the pros. Um, but, you know, that was some fun times. You know, I, I enjoyed my experience there at Oklahoma State. Uh, coach uh, Leonard Hamilton, who's now the coach at the University of uh, Florida State, was my, my coach. And Bill okay. Self, who's at the University of Kansas, uh, he was my assistant coach. So, um, you know, it was it was fun. And I played with a guy by the name of Richard Dumas. I'm not sure if you guys heard of him, but just he was a very, very talented kid. You know, unfortunately, he just got derailed uh, with some uh, personal problems off the field, off the court, I should say. So, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it, it was enjoyable. I had a good time. Uh, you know, I can't. Those years right there was very solid years for me because it was kind of like my uh, stepping stone to the NBA. Uh, playing in the Big 12 because if I didn't play there, I probably was not sure where I would have ended up at because uh, Larry Brown, who was at Kansas at the time, and that was the year that they won it in 88 with Danny Manning, uh, saw me and liked me a lot. And when he took a job that particular summer with the San Antonio Spurs, he gave me a chance to come in and try out, and that's how I got started. Mm. Wow. Wow. That that's that's really interesting, man. That's really cool too, man. And John, you're coming up, right? And at what point were you like, man, I, I'm gonna make it to the league? When did that click? When did that register? And then you just kind of just put in the work. Uh, probably in junior college. My last year in junior college, I went to few junior colleges before I landed on uh, at Oklahoma Junior College. And, uh, you know, a coach by the name of Ken Tricky, who was my coach at the time, uh, coached a couple of pros when he was at Oral Roberts. Uh, and he told me, and he said, I then had a few guys that went to the league, and you're just as good as any one of them. 
And when he told me that, it just clicked in. And plus, playing during the summer, uh, we used to have this league called, uh, excuse me, this pro-am called uh, Pigs Pop-Off, where we had a mm. lot of teams come down from Texas and Arkansas. And then we had some, you know, few uh, NBA players who used to come down from Texas and play. And I was always on the uh, the uh, all-star team so to speak, mm. uh, the top five players uh, within the pop-off. And I was amongst some of the players who played in the league. And so that gave me a lot of confidence that, that I could play at the next level. Mm. Wow. Now, I, I know a lot of people have seen The Last Dance, and I want to get into that a little bit and, and know what you thought about it, just uh, mm-hmm. seeing all the competition, all the 90s ball. I mean, it must have been nostalgic. But I did want to ask you, and I'm sure a lot of people want to know, what did you think about New York before coming here? You know, you're coming mm-hmm. through the ranks. I know uh, with the CBA and then uh, finally coming to New York City. What was that mm-hmm. like, man? It was a good experience, exciting experience, because, you know, you, you hear about New York and, you know, obviously New York is like the mecca of basketball. You know, you hear about all the great playground legends and all the great NBA players that came from New York back in the day. And, uh, and always, you know, Madison Square Garden, you know, that was definitely at the top of the list to be able to play in Madison Square Garden, uh, rather as a visitor, uh, you know, when I first came, uh, to, uh, New York, uh, when I was with, uh, Golden State, hmm. got a chance to uh, play in the garden. Well, I didn't, I didn't play. <laughs> but I got a chance to warm up, warm up in the garden, you know, and yeah. the, and the excitement uh, just being in that building was just you know overwhelming, mm-hmm. uh, so to speak, because you come out and you look up into the Raptors and you see all the great uh, players that played uh, here. Uh, it was just amazing, and you know, being from Oklahoma, you know, people thought I'd probably be a little uh, overwhelmed by mm-hmm. New York City, but. Uh, I had a brief stint in in L.A. growing up, and so I was kind of used to a big city. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, New York is a little different. You know, it's a different different uh, lifestyle here, a different uh, uh, work yeah. ethic here. Uh, you know, it's a blue collar city. Uh, but you know, I was excited. You know what I mean? I was excited to come and and get my opportunity to try to make uh-huh. the team when I came in the '90s. And, you know, get a chance to meet, uh, you know, Patrick Ewan and Mark Jackson mm-hmm. and Gerald Wilkins and guys like that. You know, I was I was excited uh, when uh, uh, when my agent told me that uh, that I could come and uh, try out. Oh, man, that that's awesome. You know, it, it's funny. I was telling our dad, I was like, man, you know, I think Josh coming on the show. We're so excited. He sends us a message. He's like, you know what? Starks is one of my favorite Knicks ever because he played with absolute heart. And I was telling Jose, I remember just being 10 years old watching these games. And man, John, you were in New York for eight years, eight straight playoffs. You know, New York misses that, man. And in those days in the 90s, like for those who remember, I mean, you were literally like the Derek Jeter of the town. New York took you in and embraced you like, like no other. It was just unbelievable. And I think a lot of it is to that hard work and dedication, just, just 
you know, putting in the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they, I think what New York, New Yorkers respect the most, uh, I guess, about my story and my path is because I came out of nowhere and had to work my way up the ranks. And that's, you know, that's a lot of New Yorkers, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, people coming from nowhere and to be able to, yeah, their struggles early on and to be able to be successful in a big city like this, um, they could appreciate what I had to go through and and not give up on myself and, and persevere uh, through all the challenges that I had growing up. And so, and that's the New York mindset. And I think uh, that's what people appreciate the most about it. And plus the, the work that I put in and the hard work that I displayed out there on the court, as well as my teammates, not just me, mm-hmm. but what as my teammates, uh, they appreciate that, uh, me as well as that team. Mm. And man, just amazing. Uh, now with the last dance, you know, Jordan kind of took over the pandemic by releasing mm-hmm. this, this show a little bit early. Um, yeah, that's perfect timing. <laughs> right? Perfect yeah. viewership. I was just curious, man, what'd you think about the net you know just the narrative some of those matchups like how did it make you feel because obviously you, you were in the throes of that yeah no it took took me back to that era you know what i mean i think they did a good job of really uh capturing the essence of what 90s basketball was all about you know what i mean it was uh, a grind you know what i mean a physical play a lot of heart and passion put into you know every game and uh, I thought they did a great job of that. Uh, just, you know, when you're in the midst of, of those battles, you really don't think about it uh, until you see it years later. Mm-hmm. And for them to come out with that and really capture that that era uh, meant a lot, I think, to a lot of guys that played in that era. Um, you know, obviously, Jordan was very special. The Bulls was a very uh, special team uh, during that time. But... Uh, they was fair about, you know, the struggles that they had to go through and the teams that they had to get through, uh, Detroit, uh, uh, the Knicks, as well as the Pacers, was the three uh, teams that they really displayed the most challenges with. And uh, But it was a lot of fun, you know what I mean, competing against, uh, you know, arguably the best player ever uh, mm. in the game. Mm. You, you know what got me hyped, John, is when – I just see that dribble penetration, boom, the dunk. I mean, to this day, I get chills that just run up my spine just seeing that, man. I mean, I know you've probably been asked that a million times at this point, but, man, John, what was it like to go through that moment? Man, it was was a special moment. Uh, You know, at that time, it was just another play to me. I always say it's just another play to me. Uh, You don't appreciate uh, because you're so locked in on just uh, what you have to do in order to win the ball game. Um, I tell people that uh, if that happened in Chicago, it was just another play. But because it happened in the Garden and because it was against the Bulls and who was in the picture, mm-hmm. uh, and Horace Grant and Michael Horace. Jordan on the back end of that play. Yep. And Scotty. What made it, yeah, and, and Scotty is what made it special. And so, um, you know, I, I'm glad to see Mike uh, let that get through, <laughs> let that make the make the make the make the cut. But 
you know, but it's to his credit because he had say on everything, you know, in that doc. Mm -hmm. And so, but it's to his credit. He had to put that in there just to uh, make it authentic and, and understand what they had to go through yeah. in order for them to do what they had to do. So, um, you know, I give kudos to him uh, for letting that go through. Mm, yeah. that And as competitive as he is, that must have been tough, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of legendary battles, uh, you know, Jordan showed kind of like the Bulls and the Pacers and, and stuff like that. And Jose and I were talking and we were just wondering, man, what were those battles like uh, just with Indiana in those 90s? Yeah. No, those are wars. You know, there's more war than Chicago. You know what I mean? Because Indiana was built like us. You know what I mean? They had the Davis boys. They had Rick Smith. You know, we had Patrick. We had Mace. We had Oak. Uh, we had x Men during that time. Um, you know, those were battles, you know what I mean? Uh, we didn't like them. They didn't like us. Um, you ever been to Market uh, Square Arena at the time? You know, they're they not the friendliest fans <laughs> in the world. You know, you could ask Spike Lee about those those fans. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they, they were just straight-out wars, you know what I mean? Um, then top it off, you have Reggie with all his antics uh, that mm -hmm. he used to, used to put on. And um, but he was a great player. You can't take anything away from him. He was a great player. Uh, but you know his battles, along with Jordan battles, was epic battles uh, for me. You know what I mean? Playing against two Hall of Fame players like that. You know you had to bring your A game every single night, and uh, mm -hmm. I appreciated that. You know what I mean? Like I tell people, if I could play against Michael every single night, I would have loved it. You know what I mean? Because I love. I'm a competitor, as you know, Adonis. I like to compete. Mm -hmm. And oh. um, to play against the best, you know, every single night, that would have been fun. John, I, I've played billiards with you, man. <laughs> and you just clean house. And if I get one <laughs> shot in, you you got that look. And I'm just like, oh, man. <laughs> like, talk about being competitive. Oh, heck yeah. I guess my brother doesn't win too much on that. <laughs> <laughs> I tried not to let him win. <laughs> John, I had a question for you. So I be, I'm watching the finals, and this gentleman's getting a lot of attention because the team's in the finals. I wanted to know, how was it playing against uh, – how was it playing for uh, Pat Riley? Yeah. Pat, you know, he was the best. You know what I mean? He was a constant pro uh, as a coach. Uh, he was one of those guys who paid attention to detail. And I think uh, from a player coming into the league, you know, that helped me a lot because, you know, he used to always say that the smallest details is going to get you beat in the game. And he was right. You know, uh, you look at, like, the, the uh, Denver series uh, in the game where Anthony Davis hit the game-winning shot. Mm -hmm. uh, the coach made a substitution and put uh, the big guy in and Four him in. Uh, Plumley and him and Horace, him and uh, Jeremy Grant didn't talk about switching. And Anthony Davis ran off the pick, and and Plumley was hollering at Jeremy Grant to switch, but Jeremy Grant had, you know, LeBron James, so he was locked in on him. And Anthony Davis broke open, caught the ball, and you know, knocked down the shot and won the game. But 
that was just a, a small detail where if they came on the court, when Plumlee came on the court, he should have said something to Jeremy Grant. It's like we're gonna switch it. They come together, and but they didn't. They didn't talk about it, and they end up getting them beat. That that could have probably changed the the whole fabric of that series right there if they could have tied it up one one, and so um, it was uh you know. Rouse was like that, you know, he would be in at six o'clock in the morning and then leave until seven, seven o'clock at nighttime. You know, he was always, you know, trying to figure out what it took in order for us to win ball game. I can remember when he first got here and the year before, you know, we were staying at subpar hotels, you know, good hotels, but subpar hotels. When he got here, everything changed. Everything had to be first class from the way we traveled, you know, to the, where we stayed at, which was mainly Rich Carlton's, um, the way we ate, uh, the way we our practice facility totally changed, upgraded the practice facility, and you know as players you feel it, you know you you know you got a championship coach coming here, and you, you know you want to run through a brick wall for him because you know he's putting in the work and he has your best interest uh, at his heart, you know what I'm saying, so. Um, you know, I appreciate Rouse. You know, he put things on all our our plate. You know, we had to be the the best sh- in shape team out there because the way we played. You know, you look at those teams, early teams uh, before Allen and Larry Johnson got here. Um, we were more of a defensive minded ball club. We we're just going to beat you down and uh, and watch you wilt underneath the pressure. And so. Uh, we wasn't built for scoring, you know. We were just gonna, you know, put a lot of hurt on you and see if you could stand up to it. And uh, when Larry and and uh, Allen Houston got here, we were more built for an offensive style team. And to be honest with you, that 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 team when they got here probably was our best team for us to beat Chicago. Uh, but we never got that opportunity to play against them uh, because we got into that epic fight with uh, Miami, which cost us, cost us that series before we got to Chicago. We did actually just beat them at the end of the year, and we were going into that playoffs with a lot of confidence. Yeah, you, you just beat me to it. I was actually going to ask about those wars with the Heat, because yeah. that was another thing that the last dance brought up for me. I mean, I mean, how was that, those, those Alonzo Mourning, you know, Tim Hardaway teams, like those... Yeah. Yeah, no, those are epic battles too, you know what I mean? Uh, because Riles, when he got down there, built that team like we were built, uh, the team that he built in New York, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, that was a lot of fun, you know, playing against the, the Heat, especially, you know, the battles that uh, Alonzo and Patrick had. You know, Alonzo was a young pup and Patrick was a big dog and Patrick didn't <laughs> <laughs> didn't want him to get any upper hand on him, you know, because those two guys worked out during the summer. And Patrick was kind of like his mentor, him and uh, Matumbo's uh, mentor. So, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. You know, they had Hardaway, Tim Hardaway at the time, uh, Bashan Leonard, um, you know, P.J. Brown. Uh, they, had, they had a good group of guys. So it, it was a lot of fun playing against those guys. <laughs> Now, John, I mean, you've been involved in a lot of things outside of basketball. And, you know, many people know John Starks, 
the NBA player, the New York Knicks, and a lot of people um, also see the contributions that you do uh, to the community. Uh, and if you could speak a little bit about that, I know during this pandemic, mm-hmm. I mean, you donated scrubs and, and, and things like yeah. that to first responders. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, we thank you for that. And then yeah. also uh, great. your charity and, and foundations. Uh, if you could mm-hmm. speak a little bit about that. Yeah, I started my foundation back in 94 uh, to provide scholarships to uh, tri-state students as well as students down in Oklahoma, where I'm from, from, from Tulsa, uh, graduating seniors, I should say, and uh, give them opportunity to uh, go to school. Uh, we give out about 2000 a pop to each student. Uh, we do about 15 a year, and uh, we've been doing it since 94. And we continue to help them throughout their college career so long as they meet the grade point average. And uh, it's been real rewarding uh, to do something. Uh, my agent came to me and asked me, you know, how you want to give back? And, um, and that's the first thing because I had to go through the same trials and tribulations that most students have to go through uh, because I wasn't offered a scholarship because I only played one year of high school basketball, which was my junior year. And uh, so I had to go through the same, um, you know, stress to be able to go to colleges, find scholarship money and, and fill out Pell Grants and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so I know how hard it is for students uh, to come up with the money to be able to afford, uh, you know, college. And so I just wanted to do my part and give them opportunity. Uh, I've been blessed and, you know, with so much. And so I just wanted to give back. And uh, I felt that was the best way to be able to give back and uh, give them, uh, you know, uh, kids an opportunity to start their dreams. And, and hopefully they, in, in return, do the same thing as they become successful. Hmm. And with the, uh, the zip away line that you have, mm-hmm. I mean, tell us a little bit about this. I mean, it's like some unique technology, I guess, Uh how these things just come right off, right? Or they're disposable or something like that? Yeah, they were disposable. We've been, you know, at it for a while with that. Uh, what it is is a, a zipper technology to be able to get in and out your, your product very fast and clean. Uh, you know, it can go in pretty much anything. It can go into hospital scrubs, which we put it in. It can go into uh, sports pants. It can go into... Uh, hunting gear it can go with pretty much anything anything you have to come out come out of you know that technology can go into and so uh we just continue to you know stay at it uh and uh and continue to put it out there and hopefully it catch on mm-hmm. and you know you're, you're involved in so many things we could really be here all yeah. day talking about those things <laughs> but i, I did yeah. want to touch upon right the the legend cigars because when i look yeah. at the legend cigars i'm like you know what that's how you make a smoke. That's how you yeah. do it. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of people who don't know, uh, you know, with the Stanford Cigar Lounge, and that's where you can pick up your legend cigars. What what really motivated you to be a cigar aficionado and then coming out with your own line? Yeah. Uh, just over in, in uh, DR doing some uh, charity work and uh, a business partner, Gary. You know, I told him that, hey, since we over here, uh, we have to go to a factory. You know, I want to see a factory over here. 
and uh, we went to a factory and and one of his uh, friends uh, owned the factory and and I ended up rolling the most ugliest cigar ever <laughs> <laughs> and so you know and he saw a business opportunity for us to get into the business and uh, by starting our own factory and we found the factory up in the tobacco field area and and that's kind of how we got started uh it's been a labor of love um you know a passion of uh ours to uh bring a quality cigar to the market which we feel like we have done that uh over the years and uh, people seem to enjoy it so we're going to continue to keep doing it and uh you know how i got involved in smoking a cigar was on a golf course actually because hmm. i was real amped up out there on the golf course and uh, a guy told me you need to smoke a cigar to calm down and uh, <laughs> i remember throwing my clubs and everything i told him i don't I don't want to, I don't want no cigar. I don't smoke cigar. You know, you like try one. And I tried one and just mellowed me out. And ever since then, that was back in 2000. And ever since then, I've been smoking cigars. <laughs> That's awesome, man. John, I know you're a Steelers fan. And I know that because you took me to a Steelers game and I was blown away by that. And mm-hmm. when you said 50 yard line, you meant 50 yard <laughs> on the dot. <laughs> and I was just blown away. They were playing the Jets that game. I can't yeah. thank you enough. Um, I did want to bring up some football because I know Jose's a big time football buff. And uh, Jose, man, what football questions you got for the Nick Legend? All right. Uh, yeah. So I'm a Viking fan, by the way. So the lifetime of suffering for me, not like you guys winning Super yeah. Bowls all the time. <laughs> but I did want to. I did want to ask. So. Who is your? Who do you consider to be the greatest quarterback of all time? That's a good question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have to, we have this debate all the time in the in the lounge. You know, most people say Brady. <laughs> I always say uh, Joe Montana. You know what I mean? Uh, I just uh, love uh, cool cool Joe, as they used to call him. He was always cool, calm under under pressure, and um, I just love those. Uh, San Francisco teams back in the day too, besides my Steelers. You always got to have a secondary team. Uh, but, you know, I thought Joe Montana in my book was the best quarterback ever. But Brady for his longevity and what he has accomplished, you know, is always going to be that argument out there. And, uh, but, you know, you can't go wrong with neither one of them. Uh, but in my book is uh, Joe Montana. No, I completely agree. By the way, I think that uh, it's gotten a little take. It's been a little taken out of hand with with Brady's to go, and there's no discussion. I think there definitely needs to be a discussion. Yes. What a- <laughs> yes. Well, the game is a lot softer now. You know what I mean? Will Brady still be playing back during the era that Joe Montana, Bradshaw, and all those guys, where you can really low, you know, go after the quarterback and do whatever you wanted to do to him back then? You know, those quarterbacks were taking a pounding back then, not today. You know what I mean? You pretty much have to handle the quarterback with kid and gloves. And, uh, you know, 100%. so it's, it's, it's a little different different, um, different game now, as well as every sport. Every sport is like that, you know, from baseball to basketball to hockey. Every sport is like that. You know what I mean? It's a little different now. It's more of about the uh, entertainment value more so than the play. Definitely, definitely. 
And yeah. I mean, your Steelers do look good this year. I mean, what do you? How do you feel yeah. about them if they ended up in a potential playoff game with Kansas City? I, I love the way they look. Yeah, I, I love the way they look too. Big Ben looked like he's 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 uh, come back off the, off that uh, elbow injury, and uh, he's looking pretty good. Um, you know, Kansas City is whew, they are they they special. They got a special special team, a special offense, and obviously the best quarterback in the game right now in uh, Patrick Mahomes. And so, and they got speed at every position. So they are uh, a force to be reckoned with uh, again this year. Uh, the Steelers got their work cut out for them. You know, they got to try to win as many games as possible. Uh, also get the home quarter, uh, home field advantage. You know, hopefully they can do that. But Kansas City looks like they unbeatable right now. Mm. Just what they do. John, Jose and I are just very, very thankful. We want to thank you for coming out and uh, speaking with us tonight. Um, it wouldn't be right if we didn't ask this final question, uh, especially uh, given game five of the NBA yeah. finals uh, with the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers. John, I know the game's different, but... As far as who wins tonight, man, who do you got? I think I think L.A. going to close them out. Uh, I think they uh, smell blood in the water. Uh, LeBron know uh, that that they have to go ahead and get these uh, guys out of here because you don't want to give them no confidence that they can come back on you. Uh, I don't think that if the game is refereed right, it'd be a close game uh, because I didn't think that last game was refereed uh, mm. right, as we all know. Mm. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, but I think LeBron, you know, he smelled blood in the water. So I expect L.A. to close them out tonight. Uh, obviously, Miami going to put up a fight. Jimmy Butler, he have to be more assertive on the offensive end of the court. Their whole team have to play well. They, they have no room for error against uh against this uh uh lakers team because lakers you know you you kind of look at the bubble mm-hmm. and you look at uh, the young teams kind of faded mm-hmm. even miami they they're a young team you look at the guys that they have out on the floor they're young players and lakers have the veteran team you know what i mean mm-hmm. you look at all their players all those guys are veterans and so uh it looked like uh the, from an age standpoint, it looked like the older team is going to win out. You know what I mean? You, mm. Everybody figured that the younger team probably had the advantage, uh, but the older team looked like they're going to win out. You know, LeBron has a uh, a good veteran team. Uh, you know, Rondo has been playing outstanding basketball for them. You know, I think he's probably been one of the key players uh, out there along with LeBron and and Anthony Davis, but Rondo really, really done a terrific job of uh, helping out and leading this team uh, possibly to a championship. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're with you, man. We appreciate you sharing your thoughts and insights. And John, man, thanks. And hopefully you'll come back on the show one day. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You guys take care. All right. Take care. Man, Jose, we just had 
John Starks on the show. Yeah, man, that's that was incredible. Wasn't that fun, man? And it, it's it's also amazing because you know, as a kid, John was literally my favorite player in the NBA. You know, and it's just it's just amazing. You know, uh, and then um, just to be able to talk basketball to just get into certain subjects, things like that. I thought it was pretty cool. But what'd you think about it, bro? No, it was an honor and a privilege. It was great to, you know, talk about those, those wars he was in. I mean, those are like my first memories of basketball, you know, Nick's, Nick's heat, Nick's Pacers, you know, and just, you know, just to pick his brain, you know, even at the end, we talked about how he thought the bubble was actually helping the, you know, the, uh, the more experienced team. And Mm -hmm. I just, you know, it was, you know, it was just awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Hopefully we can uh, have like a follow-up show where we get into like some really uh, interesting debates about just uh, how the current game is played versus to uh, the the game back in the 90s because, you know, I was actually looking something up. At 32, he played 82 games in in the season. And it's funny because you can't get any of these young guys to – to play 82 games at, at 25, you know, which I'm finding. It's like people don't put yeah. in the, the same number of games like they used to. Yeah, this is the, uh, the load management generation. You know, these analytic, you know, these analytic groups, they've kind of taken over every sport in their own way. And hmm. they've kind of changed the way everybody thinks some for the better, but some definitely for the worse. I don't, you know, I don't know how they were able to do it 25 years ago with, with less of everything, less resources, less doctors, less medicine, and now we can't do it. I don't understand, but I mean, it's you know, yeah. it's just a sign of the times. Yeah, totally. So, Jose, for our listeners, man, who do you got tonight? Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to finish it up. They're even wearing the Mamba jerseys. I think it's just even if it's a game for a half, at some point, Miami's. You know, at some point you just come out, you got no legs left. I, they've been, they've just been fighting uphill this whole time. It's noble what they've done. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, listen, they, they were gonna probably lose anyway. But when you lost Dragic, it was really just, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not gonna happen. And I think, I think they finish it up tonight. They'll probably win a like nice fifteen point convincing game. And good for Le, good for LeBron and the Lakers. They, they, they deserve it. You know, he was the, you know, he was the best player in the bubble and and definitely the Finals MVP and. You know, I'm in his fourth ring, you know, long awaited. He definitely deserves it. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I I got the Lakers tonight as well for all reasons that uh, you stated. And uh, just another shout out to the New York Knick legend, John Starks. Thanks for coming on the show. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed this edition. And until next time, peace out.